Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. It will cost you more to see whoever does end up throwing footballs in Green Bay this fall. The Packers are raising ticket prices for the 2023 season. Why do you think I'm being hard on? I'm not. It's not not that they shouldn't. It's just who cheers for raising prices. I know, but... I suppose I should since I'm a shareholder. Yes, the stock value is going up. (laughs) Yeah, correct. Yes, very good. Because Expect you, a massive dividend this you year. you like to pay for random things. <laughs> yes. Well, I already pay. I paid at the office right now. Team quick to point out in a news release that the average ticket price for games at Lambeau Field will still be below the league average. President and CEO Mark Murphy on that. Our overall average ticket price, which includes general bowl and premium seating components, will be just below the NFL average. And we'll point out, too, that it is Green Bay, Wisconsin. It is. And while we draw from the Milwaukee market, many people who live you know, here all so, but we try to keep our tickets as affordable as possible. Additionally, as a business partner to the other 31 NFL clubs, we also want to include an appropriate visiting team share when arriving at our pricing each decision. In other words, they don't want they don't want the bigs in the league, the Cowboys and the Giants and the you know the San Francisco's going. Hey, you guys aren't char- like when we come here. Yeah, let's you're not, not charging enough something for the effort. Yeah, <laughs> but not that they have anything to say about it. What, are they going to not come? They can complain to the league about it. Sure, but it's not, it's not college. They don't get to just schedule who they want. <laughs> it's not sure. Yeah, we tried to get the 49ers on the schedule, but they won't come here. They don't make enough money. Right, yeah. The schedule is the Pick schedule. So I didn't need to hear about all that. It is. No, I can't believe the estimate you had this morning. <laughs> well, yes. So I missed What did you ask? The average? Cheapest seat in the house. Cheapest seat. So I, when I thought cheapest seat, I figured like. Whether it's standing room only or standing behind something that maybe you could pay fifty bucks and get in, and you God, I wish. Crazy. Do they even do SRO standing room only even no. for like the playoff games and stuff? I don't know that no, they do. The Brewers so. do. Brewers do with a lot of the points. Bucks do. Yeah, with a lot of points yeah. around the uh, Pfizer for the Bucks and, and American Family Field for the Brewers, where you can stand and watch. You can but, get fifty dollars, maybe fifty dollars tickets next year. The Packers, you got to have a seat. And so your $50 was way off. <laughs> Face value for the cheapest seats in the end zone for the regular season are $128. Okay. Yep, there you go. That also seems low. 128 For a National Football League game, it is low. It's below yeah. the average, yeah. right? So yeah. I'm not saying don't go. I'm not saying they shouldn't raise the price. It's just nobody likes higher prices. Per seat, it's somewhere between 3 and $9 per seat per game. Would you have done that? Would you have been disappointed had they made the playoffs? Had they beat the Lions, would you be singing a different tune right now? I might not have played this. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Despite Giannis's absence, the Suns couldn't prevent the Milwaukee Bucks from extending the longest winning streak in the association as the Bucks won 104-101. It was their 14th straight win thanks to some clutch threes from their newest Buck. Long rebound, going to be picked up by Middleton. Nobody wanted to grab it. Beats Crowder, same spot as before. It's the same result. Another big three-pointer from Jay Crowder. Six straight points for the Bucks side. He's got Milwaukee back to within two with 3.42 to go on the fourth. The Bucks' defense was tested late in crunch time. The Suns had the ball 
In the game, with the chance to win or take the lead, and per usual, Drew Holiday was up for the challenge. Booker with 23 seconds to go, calling for the screen. He's got coming out to help him. On the outside there is going to be Lee. Now drives on Holiday. Lost the basketball. It's picked up by Lopez. He'll get it ahead to Holiday. Holiday's across midcourt as he's fouled. Holiday was fouled. He would hit two free throws. Crowder, who hit back-to-back threes to get the Bucks back into the game. They were down eight there in the fourth quarter. He got some high praise from his head coach, Mike Boonholzer. Yeah, I mean, he hit the two huge corner threes. That was, you know, um, you know, you need spacing. You need guys to make shots. You need guys to guard, and he was doing both, and that was a big part of us erasing the eight-point lead were his two corner threes. And, um, you know, he's... He's been, um, you know, what we expect from Jay, uh, you know, which is impressive to do, just come in, you know, I think his second game, both games, he just, he looks like the Jay Crowder we've been competing against and going against, and it's nice to have him on your side. The Bucks are back on the road Tuesday against the Brooklyn Nets. And in the NFL, as quarterback watch continues, the Packers were busy over the weekend, restructuring the contracts of both Jair Alexander and Preston Smith. The two moves create just over $16 million in cap space, a critical stretch for those Green Bay Packers as a decision on their four-time MVP could likely come prior to the new league year, which begins on March 15th. Coming up, a big boost for the Milwaukee night market. That story next on Wisconsin's Morning News. The Milwaukee night market is returning this summer to Wisconsin Avenue downtown. And information uh, you're just starting to hear on Wisconsin's Morning News with a major investment from Fiserv. Fiserv is not just the name of the place where the Bucks play. <laughs> it's a company. It's a global leader in financial software products and announced last year it is moving its headquarters downtown to become our neighbor, just the west of 3rd Street Market Hall. Stacy Kellys is executive director of Westtown Association, and she is here with us this morning. Stacy, great to see you. Thanks for coming in the studio on this warm, uh, on this <laughs> whatever kind of day we have. Thanks for having yeah, me. Sorry we got you wet, but you're just across the street, so all just good. Just ran across the street. So this is precisely why communities fight to get major companies to locate offices, and more importantly, their headquarters in places like Milwaukee, because as we're seeing here now in Westtown, Fiserv coming, and now the investment in the community follows. For sure. And we look at this as more than just a sponsorship. I mean, we companies like Fiserv are so important to uh to uh, West Town. We really, you know, to have them, the Milwaukee Tools, coming down, they, you know, are investing in our event, which is critically important to the neighborhood. So Milwaukee Night Market, for folks who don't know, it takes place on four Wednesday nights, and it will, again, this summer, starting in June. I remember coming down myself for one or two of them, and one thing that I really like is the marketplace that you put on there. A lot of local Milwaukee and Wisconsin-type products that are available for sale, not just knickknacks and silly stuff. Like, I think I bought barbecue sauce and honey, among other things. (laughs) There's something for everything. We have 140 diverse vendors featured throughout the four market seasons, and we really you know, put a lot of effort into our curation process so that we support local Milwaukee-based companies so that you could find just about anything at the night market, and it's all local artisans. We're here to support businesses in Milwaukee. So what will this investment mean? What does it do for the market? Well, we... You know, we use those funds to support the production costs of the event. If you've been out here, it's a pretty large uh, wheel to turn. We have the decorative lighting, all the infrastructure that we have. Um, so it really invests in that event to help us put on put on this free community event. 
The other thing that I liked is some of the businesses opening their doors here, right, in our footprint. So obviously Third Street Market Hall is open for, for dining and things like that, but it gets folks to walk around the Avenue property. We took a tour of the beautiful uh, Warner Grand Theater across the way, home now to the Milwaukee Symphony Orchestra. I love that aspect as well for folks who need a reason to come downtown and rediscover this place. For sure. We view the night market as more than just closing the streets and putting, you know, uh, vendors out on the street. We really want to, like, take the inside, what you see, the adjacent businesses, the vacant spaces, and to get the public in to see those businesses as well. So we really, it aligns perfectly with West Town's mission, which is to activate the neighborhood and to really give the public an opportunity to discover what's inside um, on on the footprint of the event, it's important to point out too, Stacy, that like the the clientele for the market, it's not one or two different types of demographics. There's something for everybody for that. Really, I think that's what makes the event so special. You'll see right in our MLK uh, Entertainment Zone, you could have a CEO next to a, a young family. You'll see strollers. You'll see people from all across the city, all different neighborhoods. And really, I think from Milwaukee, that's pretty rare. We see that the event is something um, where it brings everyone together. Um, and, you know, it's a great opportunity for us. What's the next big thing we're going to be talking about in Westtown? The next company to move here or the next renovation or what? You, what you, anything you can share on that front? Well, Drop I mean, some huge news on me right now. <laughs> well, I mean, I think there's all those things that we've been hearing about. The Iron District on the okay, west yeah. side of the neighborhood. Everything that's happening in the Deer District. So there's really, I think, the all of that activity is out there. But I think the big piece for us is connecting those pieces, right? Connecting the nodes of activity in Westtown, um, you know, and creating more surprise and delight like you see at the night market. That's a term we use in urban planning. But it's giving people the unique opportunity to see pop-up uh activations like the night market to connect all of this exciting activity that's good news stacy kelly's is executive director of west town association and fiserv which is moving its corporate headquarters downtown investing as the presenting sponsor of the milwaukee night market it's not going to be june soon enough let's go <laughs> thanks so much stacy One of the memorable Seinfelds of all time where Kramer got the wrong vanity license plates at the DMV. Yeah, I'm here to pick up my new plates. My name's Kramer, Cosmo Kramer. And remember what those new plates said? Oh, yeah. <laughs> A-S-S-M-A-N. Oh, no, these don't belong to me. I'm, uh, I'm not the ass man. I think there's been a mistake. <laughs> What's your name again? Cosmo oh, Kramer. Cosmo Kramer. You are the ass man. <laughs> But he wasn't. It actually was a mistake. Those plates belonged to a doctor. Now, Kramer tried to pull it off. Oh, yeah. yeah. But there was the a doctor, side, yeah. proctologist, and they were mistakenly given to Kramer. Nonetheless, why are we talking about this? There's an, a story in the news today about vanity plates in California. A guy is selling the rights to the plates that he has claimed for more than 50 years in Cali. The man's name is Claude Arthur Stewart Hamrick, and that's important. Claude Arthur Stewart Hamrick. Former lawyer, rich dude in Silicon Valley. According to Business Insider, he's ready to give up the plates. He first registered back in 1970. He's asking $2 million through a broker. And he thinks he's going to get it because people, he says, over the decades have come to him and said, like, look, i gotta have, I got to have this plate that you have. I'm so disappointed. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, but I was able to figure it out just because you repeated the name a couple of times. Claude Arthur Stewart Hamrick. Okay, so his plate is cash. <laughs> and he wants 
Two million dollars for it? California license plate with the word cash. Man, so many people have money. Isn't that amazing? What's funny is like this dude, it's you know, it's his initials. Anybody else, they just want the money plate. Cash. Yeah, cash. Put it on my beamer. Somebody else has got to have money or cash money. I don't That's know. True. That wouldn't fit, right? Like C S H M N Y cash money. That's a good plate. You have that much indisposable income. Probably. Like we that's the problem. We always look at money through our lens, right? Where two million dollars is a lot of money. But if you're a billionaire, that's ten bucks. And you want cash. Right? So I make sure everyone I want knows this. that you have money. Yes. So good luck to Claude. Uh, no word if Ass Man is still available in Cali. <laughs> we do know it certainly is taken in New York. No, I'm not the ass man. Well, as far as the state of New York is concerned, you are. <laughs> Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. No Giannis, no problem as the NBA's hottest team just keeps on winning. As the Milwaukee Bucks distinguish the Suns 104-101 to to secure their 43rd win of the season and their 14th straight. And it's going to send, it looks like, Joe Ingles to the line, who has very limited time at the line this season, only 13 attempts. He's 11 of 13. I'm confused where Joe Ingles was followed on the play. His first free throw. Got it. Questionable call at late in the game. It would secure the Bucks' 14th straight victory. It was a, a game that saw a total of 14 lead changes and back-to-back big-time shots. But when the Bucks were up two with 23 seconds left, it was the Suns' ball with the chance to win it or tie it or take the lead. But once again, stop me if you heard this before. It was Drew Holiday who knocked it away. Booker with 23 seconds to go. Calling for the screen. He's got coming out to help him on the outside there is going to be Lee. Now drives on Holiday. Lost the basketball. It's picked up by Lopez. He'll get it ahead to Holiday. Holiday's across midcourt as he's fouled. Holiday would be fouled, and he would hit one of the two free throws. Suns the game. fans got to just hate him, by the way. <laughs> Knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Absolutely. Got PTSD from that guy. <laughs> After the game, head coach Mike Budenholzer speaking on Holiday and his defense. Just rewind whatever. You know, we've been doing it for two, three years now. It's... He's phenomenal. His hands are phenomenal. Um, his competitiveness is, you know, high, high level. Um, you know, he's got a knack uh, for getting deflections and steals and meaningful moments, and that's what winners do. That is what winners do indeed. The Bucks now take their 14-game win streak over to Brooklyn for a Tuesday night matchup. In college hoops over the weekend, both UWN, UWM and the Marquette Golden Eagles win as the Panthers defeated Cleveland State 81-72. to and Marquette knocked off DePaul 90-84. That left the Wisconsin Badgers, who were in much need of a win, and things were looking good late for them. Up three with just over 10 seconds left, a wobbly inbound pass, a deflection, and the failure to follow, which led to a chance of Michigan to tie it. Williams up top, Dickinson, dangerous pass. Dickinson at the horn! Dickinson would tie the game as time expired, and Michigan would force overtime, and they just completely dominated the extra five minutes, outscoring the Badgers by eight to win 87-79. to That drops the Badgers to 16-12 and on the season. And in some breaking news regarding the Milwaukee Bucks, the Athletic is reporting co-owner Mark Lazary has an agreement to sell his stake in the Bucks to American businessman and Cleveland Browns owner Jimmy Haslam, 
for a $3.5 billion valuation. Keep in mind, the team was sold from Senator Herb Cole for $550 million, so not a bad sale if you're Mark Lazary. It's a solid investment there. Not bad. Making out plus three bill. <laughs> not bad at all. Yeah. 748, Mark Tauscher joins us next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Idea man. Can you tell me if there's anything worse that you could bring on a plane if you're sitting next to somebody than a slab of ribs? Innovative. You shouldn't probably put a rib joint inside of an airport. And Packers Hall of Famer. Yeah, actually, you know what? There are chilies in a lot of airports. That's got to be where that was from. It's time for Tausch. Mark Tauscher on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by fellow windows and doors of Wisconsin. Barbecue sauce. 7.53 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Mark Tauscher is with us this morning. How much, Tausch, for the cheapest seat at Lambeau Field? You're going to take the family, right? And you're just, just trying to get in the ballpark. How much? Uh, I, I would guess 120 Dude, almost dead on. Do you know what Eric guessed this morning? <laughs> 50 bucks. <laughs> 50 bucks? <laughs> in my defense... In my defense, he he worded it the same I way. Did. So how I, much to get in in the, in the house? In the house. So I thought maybe there was like a standing room only, or just stand in the atrium or, or something. That would be a fifty dollar uh, ticket, a por- or a porta potty like right outside the <laughs> stadium. Yeah. I, no, I think uh, you know. Obviously, we see the uh, you know the salaries and all of the stuff that's going on and with professional sports, and there's a cost with it. And you know, the Packers have done. I think relatively a pretty good job, especially dealing with, um, you know, COVID and everything else that they've had to deal with of trying to keep it down. And now um, the way they handle preseason tickets and everything else, it, would it be great for everybody if it was a lot cheaper, but you ha- you do have to keep up with the other teams. So while I know there's a lot of people that give uh, the Packers a lot of grief for, you know, the pricing and raising it three bucks, I think this year. Vitrano. Yeah, if Vitrano yeah. is one of those guys, you look at inflation, everything <laughs> oh. else. I, in a perfect world, yeah, it would be very, very affordable to go. But that world is long gone, and we're when you're dealing with professional sports, especially the NFL, it's there's only eight of them or nine if it's uh, an odd year, and it, you're gonna. It's just the price you're gonna have to pay to get in. As now, as I have deliberately mischaracterized Eric's <laughs> Eric's fifty dollars. For, for sport, I am being mis. I don't. I don't blame them at all. I have no problem with the ticket price. You played the boo sounder. Uh, wow, well, you booed uh, them. Now, because nobody likes to see the price go up. But like, what is something worth? Whatever somebody else is willing to pay for it. If, I mean, if if you do want to complain about the price, are we sold out for the next ten thousand years? True. Yes or no? If the answer well, is yes, yeah, then you're good. Uh, well, so here's the deal, and I think this is something we have to be uh, very mindful of because, yes, the Packer fans are the best. And, you know, every fan base says that. Uh, Vince, you were around, Eric, the 80s, 70s, all this stuff where the team wasn't very good, and you still had the waiting list and everything else. But you took that big expansion on, you did all that, and if you noticed the last couple times when Green Bay wasn't very good, and even this year when it looked like the season was lost, a lot of Honolulu blue, a lot of purple a couple of years ago, and it was freezing on a Sunday night. So you better be careful when it comes to that, especially with all the fans that are saying, get rid of Rodgers, do all this. And you have to be mindful of that because 
this is now tickets are more expensive. It's more of an investment for people. And for all the fans and coaches and, and people that will say, well, you have to keep your tickets. Don't sell them to these guys. Well, don't charge 170 bucks if you're not going to, if your team isn't very good, you're going to have fans that are saying, well, I need to at least get a little bit of an ROI on this. You can't have it both ways. That is one of the things to kind of watch because I have noticed in the past couple of years a lot from both Matt LaFleur and some other folks are saying that and you know, don't get rid of your tickets. You can't have it both ways. You're going to charge a bunch to get in and things aren't going right. Fans have every right to go ahead and do something if they don't feel like they're getting their money's worth to sell and, and try to get some of that back so that they can pay for their season tickets. Well, yeah, and if some Bears fan wants to buy a pair from you for a thousand bucks because he doesn't well, care, fans you can't do. They're just you can't sell them to Bears. <laughs> okay, that's the line. Bears and Vikings. Uh, no, it, I mean you're right, and that's the thing when you know Cowboys fans come in because everybody wants to get their taste of Lambo, and if you have a game where you play the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Cowboys or someone like that. Uh, it is tougher when you when you see all that purple in the stadium. You, you do get sick, but it's a trade-off that you have to be willing to deal with, even though nobody likes it. I will point this out as well. Uh, Old National Bank talking text line, someone texting, at least the Packers offer family night. And I have... Oh, that's true. I'm no apologist for the price of professional sporting events or whatever. Again, I'm comfortable with the price. I have no problem with them raising. But I've taken my kids to that as a way, when, especially when they're little, Tausch. Mm-hmm. If they just want a taste of what it was like to be at a Packers game, they don't know what they're looking at down there anyway. You went to Lambeau Field, you saw Aaron Rodgers, it's all good, and they offer that for a very reasonable price. Yeah, that's the one thing, again, going back to the preseason games, it used to be you had to buy everything. Now it's, it, you know, it's kind of a, they sell them each game. And family night is, from an uh, affordability standpoint, you get fireworks. You don't get a game, but you do get a chance to at least get into Lambeau and do it. So, I think the Packers are very mindful of that part of it. They're, they are trying to make it where you get that option. But the market is always going to be the market. And, and, you know, when you have a high-profile game, Eric, you're not getting in for 35 bucks uh, with a hot dog and a beer and popcorn included. $17, Eric paid. <laughs> All right, Tosh, oh, thanks. Inflation, inflation bumped it up to 20 this year. Yeah. Yeah. At least 20 oh, my 